of a woman's worth with Rashanda. A woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Thank you, listeners. And again, welcome to another episode of A Woman's Worth. Today we have again with us Dr. Barbara Owens and Dr. Pam Foster. They've come back to the show to talk about COVID-19, particularly an update on COVID-19. Um, the vaccine booster shots and the vaccine mandate and also holiday gatherings. Welcome to the show, Dr. Pam Foster and Dr. Owens. Thank you. Thank me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I love the way you introduce your show, A Woman's Worth. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I have to say, I'm so glad that you are um, came back to talk with our listeners because I got such great reviews from your last talk about COVID-19 and they just loved you all and the information was they received it very well and they said you all were so relatable so we just mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming back and giving another update to our um, listeners and also talking to them about the vaccine booster shot which is you know important and um, trending right now and also the vaccine mandate um, and also um, holiday gatherings, because you know we're about to go into Thanksgiving so and Christmas season. So I want you to definitely talk to our listeners about that so we can continue to stay safe and healthy. So, um, again, I'm going to give you all the options to, you know, just share a little bit with some of our listeners that may not listen last time about yourself. So which one of you all would like to volunteer to go first? Dr. Owens, go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see. Um, I don't even remember what I said last time, so I'm going to just tell you about me. And I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I probably need to claim Alabama now because I've been here 30-plus years, however many that, that is. Um, I was in private practice for 24 of those years, and now for the last nine, eight years, I've been with um Medical Advocacy and Outreach, which is a um, HIV uh, treatment and awareness um, clinic. I have a vested interest. First, when I I was interested in COVID was about whether I should take it because my boss was like uh, in September, I'm sorry, in December of 20. 2020, mm-hmm. uh, she was saying, yes, as a provider, you had to take it. And I was looking at her like she was crazy. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Are you, you don't believe? Wait, I'm in Alabama and I know we don't do this. Let's not. Mm-hmm. But um, after much research and time on my t- part that I just to see if I needed to take it, uh, I, I felt it was important for me to take the vaccine. Um not only to protect myself, but I have grandchildren that are here all the time. I have a husband who's a second time survivor of prostate cancer. And I have patients who are um, extremely vulnerable. And even with my mask, I know that being unvaccinated would have put all of them at risk and plus many more people that I just um, come in contact with on an everyday basis. So I felt it was important for me. And that's interesting. Uh, I'm Dr. Pamela. Foster. I'm, I'm a preventive medicine public health physician by training. Um, I've been working in academia most of my career. I'm at the University of Alabama School of Medicine in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa Regional Campus in community medicine population health. I was eager to get the vaccine. Um, I had read and heard about it, um, but uh, I have an underlying condition. I have asthma. So the same way that I argue with my patients about taking the flu shot, I felt it was really important to take the COVID-19 um, uh, vaccine because I'm, I'm, I'm more at risk, especially with some of the respiratory um, issues with COVID and asthma. So I was anxious, uh, Dr. Owens. It, it was offered to my colleagues in December. Um, I, I was on, for some reason, I was on the second tier list. I don't do clinical medicine, but I was one of the few um, in our college who went out and did testing, COVID testing. So I thought I should have been at the top of the list, but somewhere I got pushed down. And so I didn't get my first shot until the end of January, January 31st to be be, um, sure. So that was interesting how I was uh, really wanted to get it and I had to wait. 
okay. <laughs> for others to go ahead of me who probably I probably didn't have as many risk factors as I had. Um, I don't I can't say it was a black white thing, but even the way the university um, decided who was priority list was a little questionable mm. at times. Uh, even, you know, some of uh, I'm on a research team and all of them got vaccinated before me. None of them are physicians. None, none of them are clinicians. They just work at the university. So it was just kind of questionable how they rolled the thing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just really interesting. And, and and to be on a grant where we were looking at that equity, how the vaccine rolled out. Yeah. For me, it, for me, it didn't seem equitable even at the place that I worked at. So uh-huh. lots of issues. Yeah, lots of issues. I'm originally from Atlanta, the ATL, beautiful ATL. <laughs> Been in uh, Alabama a long time. Dr. Owens, like you, I, I might as well say I'm a, I'm a Bama girl now. Uh, about <laughs> 17 years. Okay. So, um, glad to be here. Yeah. Well, I'm a native Alabamian and a native Montgomeryan, so I I say yes. You all among you all Alabama. <laughs> yes, Alabama. <we> are. <laughs> you, you claim us now. Okay. We're claim. We're claim. All right. Yes, yes, yes. So thank you all so much for being a part of our community. And thank you so much for what you do in our community and the work that you can continue to do to um, elevate and advance our community. And um, I know many of our listeners are so grateful to have you as well. So we thank you. And um, so let's go into our talk today. And we want I want to talk to you. The first question, let me say this, um, provide us an update on COVID-19 and specifically the Delta variant. Yeah, Delta variant, variant, of course, a couple of months ago, maybe two months ago, was a real concern. It was on the rise, uh, particularly it shifted from older adults being at risk to younger children being at risk. Um, So really a a major concern. We we had uh, for a little while a lot of hospital beds uh, being uh, on the rise again. Um, so really, uh, uh, really afraid about um, prioritizing who's in ICU, et cetera. Um, it seems to have calmed down somewhat, but I always uh, caution against being uh, that it's over. It's not over yet. <laughs> COVID is not over yet. Um, but we have seen, a, I think, a decrease in the Delta variant. And I heard there's some other uh, there's another variant in some other countries. I'm not sure the name yet. So we should always be, until we get the majority of the population um, vaccinated, uh, there's always going to be this risk for other variants right. to evolve quickly. So, yeah. So the most recent that I've read is similar to that, um, that uh, Delta variant is the predominant one in the United States, but there's right. a mu-, mu variant out yes. there. But yes. it's still Delta for us. Right. And interestingly enough, um, the uh, it does seem to have be on the decrease in, in all of hospitalizations um, deaths. and deaths. Right. Um, but it's still higher in um, African-Americans. So something I just read recently um, is even though there is a decrease, it's still 17% higher, both deaths and hospitalizations in African-Americans. And so that's still, we need to be uh, more vigilant Mm -hmm. and uh, more aware and more um, educated than ever on it. So I, I do believe that we're hopefully headed um, in the right direction. And when I talk to people, I, I, I want to know if you don't think the vaccine works, what else could it be that has changed since the Delta variant and even the studies for the pediatric group, which I know you asked, you're going to ask about, but those studies were done with predominant variant being Delta variant, the predominant um, um, infection being the Delta variant. So the testing within the Delta variant still shows the vaccine to be safe and effective, even in the pediatric group, primarily, you know, our studies for older people were done and the variant wasn't um, real real common at that point. But the studies in pediatric were done when the variant was uh, Delta. So even in that, what else could it be 
that has helped the decrease, but the vaccine. Nothing right. has changed. We're, if anything, we're wearing masks less. <laughs> I mean, we're certainly not doing those kinds of things. So it's got to be the vaccine that's being effective. If you didn't believe the studies, then just believe what you're, what you're seeing now. Right, I mean, right. Yeah. It, yeah, and I saw in the paper today exactly what Dr. Owens said. The vaccination is your best protection yeah. against uh, the um, the uh, uh, disease and uh, death, yeah. uh, severe disease. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. Just kind of observing what's kind of gone. We've kind of gone up and down with the uh, crisis. But I, I, her point about it being more um, disproportionate in African-Americans. So we need to always sort of be vigilant until this thing is over. And the thing, this thing won't be over um, until we get to herd immunity, which is the point of the vaccination, you know, in the, in the, in the entire community. We're not there yet. So we still have a long way to go, I believe. And some states, even though you claim us as as Bama's, (laughs) some states are behind even the national average. Right. And so we're going to claim this state, but come on, Alabama. Yes. We're doing (laughs) everything we can not to get to that point. Because I know we're going to talk about mandates and even, uh, you know, the next wave will be child children uh, vaccinations, five to 11, because right now uh, children 12 and over can get the vaccine. So the, the more we can get more of the children vaccinated, that will help with the herd immunity uh, percentage. Right. So, um, but we've got to, we've got to embrace it uh, and mm-hmm. move forward. We don't want to take two steps back. And some of the policies here in Alabama uh, 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 make us look like we're Bama's. <laughs> right. And, right. And I like to say this because when you all talked about being in the community and, and, and the work you do, because I know a lot of my family members were hesitant about the vaccine. When you talk about, you know, you know, individuals, like you said, Dr. Owens, you were hesitant. And I know, and I would call Dr. Foster to get a lot of information from, from her. And I knew it was, she's a conscious black woman. She's a physician. She's qualified. She's done a lot of work in HIV. And, I, and I, I, a lot of the people I listen, talk to, I, I had to get them the connection between HIV and COVID. Right, disease. right. And I had worked with you for a long time. And I would share that information with my family and community. And that would give them that kind of assurance to go ahead and get the vaccine. Yeah. And many of them went and got it. And so that was also having that connection with you and as a trusted source and a trust in a position that encouraged me to go ahead right, and get right, it. Right, right. And so, and I just, you know, I'm glad that you all are here in our community and talking but, to But our listen community. to our stories. Uh, I yeah. was not as hesitant, but so, yeah. uh, Dr. Owens was. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a it's a range. Right. Um, and I think even the people that have gotten it it might have taken them a while to get some right. information and get right. to a decision. The the hesitancy, I understand. I tell my students, if you're black in America, you should have a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, paranoia. Right. Yes, a healthy yes. paranoia. Yes. Uh, because we know we injustices have been done. We know about the Tuskegee syphilis right. experiment and other other injustices done to our community. So that's that's uh, normal. Right. Um, but the question is, uh, we have to weigh all the other facts. I, I remember Rashonda, uh, um, one of my Tuskegee uh, uh, colleagues, was very hesitant to get an HIV test mm-hmm. because she said, I don't know what they put in those tests and they might be trying to give me HIV. Wow. Right. So that was a conversation that we had to have. She worked in the bioethics center, actually. Right. With me. Um but uh, and so that's very deeply ingrained. Right. And it doesn't surprise me, uh, you know, when I hear it. But I said to her, there's no I haven't seen any evidence of that being true. If anything, we we really should be trying to have people really understand the power of prevention. Right. And I think that's where we lose our message because they can't see it. So they don't they don't understand it. Right. Um, and so this is not exactly like the syphilis uh, experiment, the syphilis experiment. They withheld. Yeah, yeah. that's this the difference. Way. We've got yeah, to get yeah. ahead of that curve mm-hmm. really think about what can we do as a community to really embrace 
prevention treatments. And and when we're talking about the COVID vaccine, we don't have a lot of other choices. And right. that's what that's what I would tell a lot of my family members and right. members and community members. When Doctor, you said this, false, you said this is the only thing we have. Yes. And the only thing we have right now right. to fight it. And you said we have lost so many people in the African-American community. Correct. And this is the only weapon thing we have. Yes. Prevention and, to and prevent. You know what your other clue is, Rashonda? When you have other, you know, when you have people coming into going out of their community to get the vaccine, you know, you have white folks going into black communities to get the vaccine ahead of y'all. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's your clue. That's a clue. <laughs> people are clamoring. The clue is, is that, you know, Trump got the vaccine. Right. Right. That's your clue. And that's, you know, when I hear in the news and the news is always kind of wild to me, um, the people in New York, the 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 um, first responders. Right. Who are so, so against this mandate. Right. But 80 some percent of you all have already gotten it. I'm not quite sure what <laughs> the people that are doing the protests are probably the ones that are in that 80 some percent. Well, you know, you'd be surprised, Dr. Owens, my unit. We uh, cover eight counties, EMS, ADPH. A lot, some of the first responders have not gotten vaccinated. Even in my clinic, some of the nurses have not gotten vaccinated. So there's a core there. It's, it's disturbing because it's like, okay, you're more at risk. Right. It seems like you would take advantage of this too, but there, there's a lot of hesitancy and almost a, a feeling like you can't tell me what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. My body... It's my uh, it's my body. You can't tell me the government can't tell me what to do. Where in other cases they have already told you what to do. You have Many to have vaccines. measles. Right. You have to have a measles vaccine to go to school. To go to school. And it's never the, been the a problem. World, if we have an outbreak, they're going to make you going to have to get the vaccine. And, right. and actually, even with this COVID vaccine, like it just we just had the announcement last week that all UA employees Mm-hmm. Have to have the vaccine. Oh, there's yes. Some Let's talk uproar. about that. Uproar Let's people. Not that. a lot of uproar. A little uproar. Yes. But people are like, they want to fill out the uh, the um, what's this sheet that talks about um, religious um, exemptions? Yeah. Exemptions, right? right? But if you already got vaccines for other things, you're not going to get exempted, right? right. You, even if you and I've heard of a couple of people quitting their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. But what, wherever they go, they're going to have to take it. Right. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it either. I don't either. And, and then the um, the mo- the you know, New York City's just back to them in the past two weeks, their uh, vaccine percentage went up from 71 percent to 83 percent. So obviously right. it did work on yes. at least 12 percent of the people. Correct. Um, and I really don't understand any of you can't tell me what to do. But when you're doing there is a greater good kind of yes, thing. And yes. that's what vaccines do. And that's what the issue is for COVID. But that's what the issue is for the measles vaccine right, and, right. and all of those. It's the greater good. So there are some things that, yes, your government can tell you what to yes, do. Yeah, um, right. You can't smoke in, in the restaurant. You know, I make it. Good, good point, Dr. Right? Yes, but you have to smoke around the rest of the yes. world who doesn't. So, yeah, they can tell you. And, and you know, I. I, I'm old enough to remember the beginning of seatbelts. Yep, you can't tell me thing. to put on a seatbelt. It is. You can. <laughs> you you may want to kill yourself, but that's not <laughs> right. Yeah, there is a greater good. But, and it's the public health, the, the population health part of it. Yeah. Um. That that that's where the seatbelt uh, laws came from. We know right. that if you wear a seatbelt, you're less likely to be uh, ejected from the vehicle and die. Yeah. Uh, during yeah. an accident. It's so, a. It's a uh, you know, it's funny. I had the same argument. Um, uh, if you're from Tuscaloosa, you know, City Cafe. Love People love City Cafe. It's a it's a uh, really a soul food, very cheap. The students love it. My boss loves it because he remembers going when he was uh, a student. And so uh, I, the waitress asked me, sweet tea or unsweet tea? I said, oh, I better get unsweet tea because of the calories. She said, well, if I was you, I'd get what I want to get because nobody can tell me. And now I had a conversation with her about New York. This, this is funny, Dr. Owens. New York had just passed a law about changing the sizing sizes of drinks. You know, uh-huh. in the 50s and 60s, drinks were what, six ounces, nine ounces? Now you get a you can get a big gulp, 32 ounces. <laughs> Nobody needs those many calories. Right. You know? So they made a ruling to bring down the 
the uh, made it mandatory oh. to bring down the size. Nobody needs 32 ounces of a, of a soda. And she was saying, and so I was telling her that, and she was saying, that doesn't make any sense. And that they can't tell me. And I was like, oh, don't you? You know, I was thinking seatbelts. That's exactly what I was thinking. In fact, I wrote an op-ed piece on it. Oh, wow. About public health can for the good of the public. Right. Because if that's what you're really focused on, they can, public health laws can supersede individual. Right. Um, uh, and should. And should. And should. And should. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. And that was a lot there. Uh, yes, yes. And I wanted to go back to Dr. Owen's point when you talked about, you know, many of us not wearing masks and, and social distancing. I want to add in social distancing and hand washing. Talk to our listeners about the importance, the benefits of still wearing a mask, still social distancing, and still wearing, I mean, sorry, hand washing and hand sanitizing. I think it starts, though, with the there is a misconception that if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. That is a misconception, and that's not even the intention of the vaccine. So the vaccine decreases your chances of being hospitalized and dying from it, but you can still get COVID, and we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you want to, to try, if you're going to you know, go ahead and get the vaccine, you need to put all the layers of protection to try to prevent yourself from getting COVID. Um, And that's what those other layers are. So social distancing, mask wearing, particularly on the inside, particularly in places that aren't ventilated, staying uh, a distance. I was I was telling you before that I went to my first in-house church service today and a lady came and sat next to me. I almost had a heart attack. I was <laughs> like, Ooh, you need to move. We both have our fast, but you so I didn't want to say it because we we're in church. So I just slightly <laughs> moved. But um, there is still a distance issue that we need mm-hmm. to make sure. Definitely. Because just like I can't look at you and tell you whether you have HIV, I can't look at you and tell you whether you have, have COVID. COVID either. And so we still need to do the same protections that we And you see that when you go into the stores, the the store will strongly encourage wearing a mask and you'll see people walk around without the mask. And I'm like, really? Really? I keep my mask on. I keep a distance. Exactly. Dr. Owens. It's interesting here at the university, the the mask mandate ended on Friday. So, but I got an email on Friday asking me about my vaccination status that quickly, right? Right. So because I got vaccinated at the university, they clearly uh, cleared me. So what they're hoping is with this mandate that people are going to go on and get vaccinated. And that's why they took the mask mandate off for inside. But they're still probably in the classrooms going to have, you know, distance, so many distance. They have shields up. For instructors, like when you're when you're lecturing, you have to be behind the behind the shield. Uh, if you're not, you, you put your mask on if you come around it. So but that's probably the thinking behind uh, taking away uh, the mask mandate in, in buildings. So it's going to be interesting because we, we have to be vaccinated by both vaccinations by December 8th. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. going to be this little lag time in between, you know, people going away for Thanksgiving, coming back. Um, but I'm, I'm guaranteeing you uh, there's nervousness because they told us if you're not vaccinated by that date. It goes to HR. Wow. Yeah. So you, wow. All are, you all are with the, the federal mandate. Is that why that's correct? December 8th? Because that's the we, we get so many um, uh, federal dollars and okay. grant money. So that is okay. correct. Yes. I've been to some other employer um, uh vaccination clinics they're encouraging they're doing huge incentives drawings a thousand dollars up to ten thousand for wow. some companies but um there there's some of the other companies are um uh employing uh insure higher insurance premiums for example wow. just like you're not vaccinated percent. and you have right. to be tested periodically so sort of yeah. like penalties right <laughs> in a way right. uh uh if you you don't have to get vaccinated but you've got to go through some sort of penalties if you're not vaccinated. So that's right. really forcing more and more people, Dr. Yes. Owens, to get the vaccine so they can go and jump ship and go to another company. But you still got the issue where the, the I mean, from an employer standpoint, it makes sense to, you know, keep their population safe because right. that's exactly. how they make their money. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. And, and then, you you know, the exposure costs them money because you have to Correct. sit out in quarantine. Correct. It, it is costing a lot of money. It is. I'm, I'm glad I'm not in private practice anymore because that right. was, I probably, you know, I didn't have but seven, uh, eight people on staff. If two of them are gone, that was, yes. you know, that's yes. a lot. And, of and you've seen that with some businesses, fast food oh, yeah. businesses. Some yes. restaurants have to close because they don't have enough employers. Yeah. So eventually, if we can flip this around to, you know, it's individual, but yes, it's also money. It's economic. It's definitely economic. But it makes sense to get us back to work, to get us back to normalcy. Yeah. If everybody will just do their part. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's if we can think of it more as a you know individual to more of a population community concept. Yeah. That would help family. We're talking about going home for the holidays. Of course, you know, if everybody's vaccinated, that would make life easier for the Thanksgiving dinner. Right. right. And it's it's going to be interesting to watch this entire federal mandate, um, vaccine mandate. As you know, as dates get closer, like you say, uh, organizations, institutions, businesses, they put these dates, you got to have a vaccine. And people, Correct. I heard people around me in my daily work, if they make them get the vaccine, they're going to not going to work anymore. Right. So you're hearing it and, and it's like, OK, it's going to be interesting to watch because I knew it was coming down. The mandate right. was coming down. Right. Right. It's coming just a matter of time, because as you mentioned earlier, Dr. Parster, we have to have vaccines. For other things, you know, you got to have vaccines. Many kids got to have vaccines for school, you know, so it's... And think about it, Rashonda. You can't travel internationally unless you Absolutely. get the vaccines. They tell Absolutely. you again. Absolutely. I mean, I've said this to students. Absolutely. If you traveled internationally, right. didn't you have to get the tetanus booster? Yeah. You had they, you had to have it on there before you could get in right. the country. Absolutely. Right, right, So, right. yeah. So lots and lots of places where it's mandatory. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. So... This, as we talk about the vaccine, I want you all to talk about the vac- vaccine booster shot um, and how important it is for us to continue to, you know, the third shot is. Yeah, the third shot. I haven't gotten mine yet. Um, uh, Dr. Owens, have you? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I haven't, you know what? I haven't had. I haven't. I haven't gotten mine. My husband, time. he was like, he wanted his. And yeah, I, me too. I, I was at a uh, health fair, and I said, "Come on over! They're doing it." He came over there and got it. Yeah. You know, he uh, like Dr. Owens. He's a, a prostate cancer survivor. Okay. So he he feels that underlying. He wanted to get that booster. Yeah, I, I certainly am going to get it. Uh, I just haven't done it yet, but we we've got some clinics. I'll probably do it this week. Yeah, my doctor said he told me when it was time for mine, so I, mine's coming up soon. Right, right. But so like like party. some of the population wants to get it. I've seen on Facebook people the same way that they were excited about getting the shots. They said, "Oh, I got my booster." Um, hopefully, that will encourage others. Uh, you know, I think. I'm a little I'm a little torn because I still want um, people in our country to get the shot and across the world, because this is really a global issue. It's not just the United States because we travel so much. And, you know, we we really are pushing for uh, even before the boosters for others to get their, you know, one or two shots. But at the same time, I think when the opportunity presents itself, if people want boosters, we should give it to them and, and go ahead and do as many as we can. Yeah. And I yeah, think we, um, some of the employee clinics that we've had is to uh, Westervelt and um, and uh, BF Goodrich here in Tuscaloosa. We started out with just the shots, but but people have been asking for the boosters and coming to get the boosters. So we're excited that there's interest in it. It gives you extra protection, uh, you know, Especially with these variants and and uh, the changes going on, the the extra protection with the boost. I think um, there was a lot of confusion um, about a third shot versus a booster, um, and so we had to do a lot of education to the people who are coming into us. Um, and so the third shot is a little bit different than the booster. The third shot is actually. For those people who are severely immune compromised, um, like um, organ transplants, people on high dose steroids, lupus, uh, lupus, uh, Mm -hmm. chemo, all those Mm -hmm. people who are severely immunocompromised, they actually get the same dose, but 28 days later 
after their second shot. So that actually is a third shot as a po- and that's the series. And I think um, the studies did show very clearly that those people <clears throat> did not get a good immune response with just two shots. And it takes three shots, just like some people um, over older people have to get higher doses of flu shot because of that. So it's the, the immune response takes a little bit more. And that's a, as opposed to the booster. The booster is what I did get. And though that's um, six months after your second shot. But that's because we did get, I mean, I, I get the study showed that we did get a good immune response, but it didn't last as long. So this is to, supposed to keep that immune response or kick it back up to keep that immune response up uh, or those antibodies that try to fight off the COVID. And so <clears throat> I was convinced <laughs> and it didn't take it. It didn't take as much with the, the, the booster. Um, my one of my daughters had a friend over here the other day and he was saying, I got that first one. I don't know why. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get the second one. Well, why would you waste your time? <laughs> Just because your 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 percentage of response with your first one is not good enough for, you know, the percentage itself is low, but to, you know, and but. So that's what I kind of feel like if I'm going to go ahead and get to because I want to have a good immune response mm-hmm. and the studies tell me that at six months, I'm starting decreasing. I'm going to get it. I, yep. I need to, you know, I've already it's half, it's half dose, right? Dr. Yeah. Yeah. It's half yeah. Dose. yeah. 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 And, so uh, I, and the, uh, uh, you know, the first dose, what's for, for some is just 60 percent. You want to yeah. get it up higher. Right. So that you really can uh, have a really good immune response. Right. Uh, so that's uh, the point. Some people really hate shots. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you put that of shots. Yeah. So some people prefer the J&J. I think it was what the one shot was 80 or 80 percent compared to 90 in the 90s for the Pfizer and the Moderna. But that was enough to protect you. Um, but um, so so some of the employee uh, clinics that I've gone to, they only want one shot. And of course, they're talking about a pill, which that would be ideal for people who really hate shots. I mean, some people are really terrified of shots. But the other thing is, Mm -hmm. um, what I was excited that they allowed, and the studies did show, they allowed the mixture. So, mm-hmm. and, but it was particularly based on a study with J and J. So those people got one of the uh, mRNA, and they went their uh, antibodies went up tremendously. I mean, it was amazing. And though, so it's really, really recommended if you did get your one shot J and J that you get one of the mRNAs. Um, and it may be because of a different mechanism. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly why it is, but the studies did show it was a very, very good uh, response with that second shot after the first. And so I do understand there are still lots of things, um, reasons that that we don't get it. But back to that original conversation of we needing us needing to educate. I also think you need to make sure you where you get your education from. It is really, really important that you talk to somebody who I, I have a a relative that I love dearly, but Joe across the street told her that his cousin got it. And it, okay, come on, come on. That's because, you know, (laughs) there's always going to be a story about my cousin, whose cousin, whose cousin did something. And, and so we need to do, go by someone who's looked at the studies and, and, or you look at the studies. So you don't just get your education from Joe across the street. I mean, it's or just Facebook, or Facebook, or Facebook. Yeah, or Facebook. any of those. I love yeah. the post. I love the post that somebody put on that. Are you getting your information from somebody that flunked high school <laughs> chemistry? <laughs> high school biology? Right. That's right. where you're getting your education from. I mean, uh, skepticism of some things, but the science right. and the facts are what they are. Right. And really trying to pay attention to that, uh, really, and, and really understanding uh, that. But but Dr. Owens makes a point about the education, really understanding how vaccines work. Right. Um, it's a little complicated because the mRNA is different than our other other right. traditional vaccines. It's, it's but, but it's also exciting and new technology that we should probably embrace because we're going to see it that technology give us some more uh, breakthroughs in uh, in uh, cures. Right. for diseases. Um, and so we've got to kind of balance all of it out um, and really, 
I think some I think with the students, we're going to have a session with the students. They, they don't really understand the concepts of vaccines or how vaccines work or how, you know, when you uh, introduce something foreign into the body, antibodies are made. And that's really what vaccines do. So really understanding all of that and taking the time to really just kind of educate and give basic sort of information about it. And, and the whole concept, I mean, vaccines are our primary prevention tool. Right. But they're probably not the only ones that don't understand the concept yes, of yes, vaccine. That's, yes, that's yes. probably, and up until it became a political issue, nobody really cared how they were. Right. <laughs> I mean, other right. than, you know, right. you know right. uh, medical but people in general didn't care. And now it's become um, very politically charged. And, right. and what alarmed me uh, was something I got, and I've forgotten who I got it from, but there is a list of physicians who have signed in Alabama that they don't support us getting the vaccine. And that really, really <laughs> just said, okay, how are you? But I know you give other vaccines and I don't know whether you've gotten this one. So it, it's just really, you have to be not only mindful of getting your information from someone who knows, but make sure you know their motive mm -hmm. for um, being anti-vaccine, particularly on what did they do with their family as opposed to what they're telling you to do. And so I think there's a lot of issues. Yeah, um, we've got to examine. I mean, yeah. some of the politicians are anti I found that some of the politicians are anti-vax because they're pro-treatments that they've invested money in. Okay. So the, so the answer is always follow the money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because some of people's motives are purely greed. Yeah. And so it's interesting, very interesting. <laughs> One of the other there's things a camp now that's don't take the vaccine, take the medicine. Right. So in other words, that's secondary prevention versus right. primary. And, and, and to your point, go ahead, Dr. Owens. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to talk about the secondary prevention that I did here as well. Mm -hmm. um, one was the pill. I think you had asked us right, about right. that Merck is coming out with. And I think that'll be very uh, interesting and it sounds like very uh, helpful so that um, what I found out, what I read, it was really interesting in the study. They were trying to get 1,500 people. Mm -hmm. Um, and they stop at 700 and some because eight people so well. who did not get eight people died in the placebo, the, the arm that did not get the pills and nobody died in the arm that got the pills. And so uh, and there was a 50 percent decrease um, in hospitalization with people who got the pill. So obviously it's working and they felt like to continue was. Uh, Unethical. Unethical. Right. 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 So because you, you, if you know folks are, are dying without the pill, you cannot withhold that medicine. So I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing that that secondary prevention, I had a discussion with somebody. Well, I might as well get the uh, COVID infection. Right. And then I'll have my own antibodies. And so one of the things that came out last week, maybe maybe a week for sometime in the last week, two weeks that infection with COVID does not give the same level of protection as it does as if you get the vaccine. And we've seen right. that in other things as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that argument doesn't kind of hold now that we've done the studies. May have, you know, earlier in the thing because we didn't know, but now we know. Yeah, that but it the, doesn't the Russian roulette um, uh, right. philosophy, like here there was rumors and they were probably true about UA students in the summer, last summer, before the vaccine came out, uh, having COVID parties. Right. They wanted to get COVID. Right. Oh, I got COVID. They, they were cheering when they got a, a positive COVID test. Because right. remember, during that time, eh, not so bad for young people because their immune assistance problem. But do you want to take that risk? Because some, right. some young people did die. Right. From COVID. And then, of course, right. of course, with the Delta variant, I mean, you're playing you're playing serious Russian roulette here. Serious. Yes, yeah, serious. And, and I'm serious. to your point, you all talked about um, when individuals get COVID in the treatment and you all been have a long history of working at HIV. And when HIV, there was very little treatment for HIV at the beginning. Mm -hmm. With COVID, there's very little treatment right mm -hmm. now. So talk about what tre the treatments. There's only the treatment for COVID and how far, you know, is best right now. The most important 
It's prevention. Right, it's prevention is the vaccine. Yes, right. but we've got antibodies that people can get. The monoclonal antibodies seem to work well if you if you do it early enough. Right. And you go into a place and get a shot. With yeah. our folks, you know, when we get sick, we do home remedies. We stay home and then it's too late. Right. So but the the monoclonal antibodies seem to work well. And there's some other medicines, I think, that that keep you out of the ICU. Dr. Owens can maybe talk to those, but I think I would rather go the primary prevention route. Because there's not a lot of treatment right now. So it's, right now, the most powerful thing is prevention, is the vaccine. And remember with HIV, it was what? Uh, condom, mm-hmm. right? Condom use. Um, and then all the drug was AZ, what was A? AZT, right, AZT. But yeah. that was after that's that was secondary. Now we've got prep right for preventing it uh uh you know pri- sort of primary, it really is primary. Uh, it is a powerful primary prevention to prep. Right. Um, you know, to keep you uh you're at risk for HIV, but to keep you negative. Um, it is and and highly uh really a powerful tool that we haven't accessed. Yeah, as well as we should, right? All, all our communities, right? Um, so this this whole primary versus secondary, people have to really sort of understand that. I mean, the same thing happened with the HPV vaccine. Mm-hmm. That's that's our only vaccine that we have that will prevent cancer, a cancer, right? Cervical cancer, but you know you have to do it. You have to give it before kids become sexually active. So what age is that? Depend on what community. That's correct. The workout done. The research done is nine. So then you got to yeah, get into conversations. It's been the research I've did. It was like as young as eight years old. Yes. So, yeah. but you've got to deal with communities that have to deal with that realization. When are kids right. having their first sexual encounters? Yeah. Which yeah. Is, these are conversations people don't want to have. Right. Denial. Parents in denial. In fact, I think it was the the governor of Texas at the time who wanted to make it mandatory because the 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 data population data said if you give the vaccine, you can prevent cervical cancer, which is, you know, a good thing, a vaccine that can do that. But uh, parents just blew up and said, you can't tell us what to do. You can't tell us, you know, you can't give it to our um, uh, kids. So it's, they're very difficult conversations to have. Very difficult. And since you all talk, you go ahead, Doctor. Go ahead, Doctor. Uh, it wasn't nice. I was just going to say t- Texas is schizophrenic. They don't yeah, know what they want. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But this time, <laughs> the, nice, I think it was a, a Republican governor. <laughs> he was mandating the vaccine, and the parents went crazy. Yeah, went crazy. Yes. yes. Okay. Talking about you know children and you. So let's get talk. I know our time is running. It's getting close to our closing of the show. So I just want you to talk with us um, about the vaccine and our pediatric group. Yeah, I'm excited. The clinical trials are almost finished. It should be any day now that the children, I think the Merck and that, uh, yeah, the probably the uh, Pfizer vaccine will be first. Uh, I think it's Pfizer. Yeah. And I, they'll get half the dose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I think the studies are real clear that it is safe in that group and mm-hmm. it's effective in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, I do understand parents' concerns, but again, we it is our best option mm-hmm. because you want your kid to go to school. You want your kid to be around each other. You want you you, you want your kid to be a kid. Uh, and it, it is very difficult Um they've lost a year of of all kinds of not only education, but socialization and Mm -hmm. just all kinds of things. And so to get back to that, um, even though they're back in school now, there are still so many problems with it and and so difficult to do social distancing and mm-hmm. so difficult, particularly at the younger ages, to tell them to mask up. Mm-hmm. Then then I, I think for a safe and effective vaccine that we need to be encouraging uh, five to 11 year olds to get it. I, um, I still think there are teens. You know, my my grandson, I guess, has listened to us long enough. 
he was 15. He was excited to get his, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. And but he did tell me a lot of his uh, people in his yes. school do not have it, mm-hmm. have not gotten it, and so it is a problem. Um, just briefly before we go on, um, that's the same thing on that travel thing you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. To do the traveling safely is going to be difficult at this time of year. But if you're fully vaccinated, that is your best bet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know we have to go out the country. We're talking about in country now in, mm-hmm. in the United States is to. And if you're not fully vaccinated, I think it's very risky to go mm-hmm. traveling to grandmama's house to, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. right. Yeah. Next it's interesting that I've heard some uh, parents really excited for the opportunity <laughs> because I, I I know a couple of parents who were just frantic about whether or not there was going to be a mask mandate. One in particular, because in and here in our city, the mandate is there, but the county, no. And it's more affluent white parents that are anti the mask. They were really anti. But she was just like, I don't want to send my girls who are eight a set of twins into an unmasked classroom is just so risky. So I bet she's going to be interested in getting the vaccine and maybe encouraging others. Right. I had a, a old colleague. She did not send her kids back into the environment. She's um, fought to stay at home and, and homeschool them. Right. Yeah. But, but what Dr. Owen said about the kids really losing ground, it's just really true, particularly for our kids yeah. in our communities and the rural communities. That's a major, major issue. And the socialization is so true. But really, the academic uh, ground that they've lost is they're going to have to really try to make it up. It's just uh, really going to be uh, long term detrimental to our communities. So and we're going to have to address that as a major issue. And many of us don't have that option to homeschool. That's right. a very good option right. if you have it, but right. you got to go to work if you got to yeah. pay bills. Those kinds right. of things are not right. an option for us. I will. Yeah. And, and and you all talked about this, the, the question of the hour, holiday gatherings. Right. Going to grandma's house. Yes. And what, what are the, what's the guidance? What would you tell our, what would you tell our audience? Give us some guidance. Vaccinate. Vaccinate. <laughs> if you can, if you vaccinate, then you can do uh, your your uh, normal activity. But if not, you'd have to mask up. You'd have to do takeout, drive through, takeout. Right. But once it, you know that everybody's vaccinated, and people are now asking, right? You if you're not vaccinated, you can't go. <laughs> right. And that's exactly what happened to us the other day. We had a, uh, about five little kids come over. And we'd only allow you if your parents were vaccinated, your parents could bring you if they are vaccinated. And that's what we're going to do for our Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so, I mean, that's just the reality of life here. Uh, yes. That is a, a, a litmus test for a lot of gatherings. It is. And it, it, should is. Be. it, it seems uh, discriminatory, doesn't it? But it's, yeah. it's happening in New York and restaurants. You can't come in some restaurants yeah. unless you show proof of vaccination, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so yeah. those large because those yeah. are the risky um, places where, you know, large gatherings, uh, funerals, repasses, uh, yeah. you know, reunions, family reunions, college reunions. Mine uh, is a hybrid um, going next week. But the but the banquet, the large banquet, uh, we have older uh, alumni. They just were really afraid of, of taking the risk. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. still being safe. Still yeah, being my, aunt, my uncle died last month. Um, and my aunt did not have a repair. She did not have one. And at yeah. our church, you have to show your vaccination card to get into the service. Yeah. If you could be outside all the time, it might be a little safer. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. As we go into winter months, that's not an option. Yeah, right. Yes. I'll just end with yes. this, uh, Rashonda. I'm working on a, a vaccination project in the Black Belt. We partnered with funeral directors mm-hmm. to okay. maybe offer COVID testing. Okay. Uh, either before the memorial, during the um, uh, funeral and the repast, or afterwards for follow up uh, with that. Oh. And it's at the family's request, of course. Hey, you got to tell me more about that. Yes, yes, yes. That's I'm excited because I never really ever thought about the the funeral home as a uh, location for health promotion. Mm-hmm. Prevention. We've done it with churches. We now we're doing talking about the barbershops and beauty salons, but what about the funeral home that touches a lot of lives? And they came to us because they're seeing the devastation firsthand. They're the ones that are having the COVID 
Right, 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 right. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that project later. Yes, yes, because I know the funeral home, my uncle's funeral was at the chapel. In the funeral home, well-known funeral home in Montgomery, you only had a limited number of people there, and everybody had to wear a mask. Right. And then they had the I was I was surprised they had the family cars, but only four people to a car. So they wow. were very, wow. very wow. cautious. This is the National Association of Funeral Homes, Black Funeral Home. Right. Is it in Montgomery too? Are they doing that in Montgomery? We're gonna we're gonna pilot it in uh Tuskegee. Okay. We're gonna All pilot right. it in Tuskegee. Let us know when it's in yeah. Montgomery. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. Power, power, power show today. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Owens and Dr. Foster. Yeah. And I know listeners, you have been informed today. You have been educated today. You've gotten some guidance on holiday gatherings. So we and we know the most important point today is for those of us that are still struggling, that those out there that are struggling to vaccinate, you've gotten the word. You got the information, the power in prevention, vaccinations work. So we're seeing it. And so, again, thank you so much, Dr. Foster. Thank you so much, Dr. Owens. Thank you. And talking to our listeners, any parting words you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I think you said it all. (laughs) You did. But let me just make sure that they know that I think we're both available for questions. So if they contact you and you can just forward them to us. I I, I hate that there may be some questions that we did not answer Mm -hmm. because I do think knowledge is power. And I believe that. And so I think we are both um, accessible to answer questions if needed. Yeah. And I don't know if you're using that Ephraim South. uh, email address uh Rashonda yet for answers no not not yet and I was we were and we're going to talk about that okay, when okay. I, about that okay. moving forward because okay. that's a good point that um we need to start being able to put it out there and have listeners um contact us with questions okay yes yes all right all right thanks so much all right. thank Bye-bye. you but again listeners, thank you again for another episode and remember this a woman's worth is being informed. A woman's worth is being educated. A woman's worth is being aware. A woman's worth is knowing how to prevent disease and have optimal health. Thank you again. And have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wherever I choose to go, it won't take me far.